from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. It's the Tiny House Podcast. I'm Perry. Good morning. This is Michelle. This is Mark. And Mark and Michelle are, are sharing a mark, mark sharing a mark today. A mar- <laughs> sharing a microphone. <laughs> sharing a microphone. Hey, I probably should have uh are you sick? You got a cold or anything? Should I be really sensitive? Okay, good. <laughs> so actually go actually that would that would be bad anyways, because we're packed in here like sardines today. So Yeah, we are. So uh, sharing viruses is not a good thing. Hope we Thankfully, all took airborne. Yes. No one in the studio is sick, right? No one in the studio is sick. Good. Yay. So, Mark, where you been? I've been in, oh boy, I've been in Vegas, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't lose a dime. Did, really? Did Didn't you win bet any? a dime. Oh. No. We just laid by the pool and drank. That's normally what you do anyway, though. And had, had awesome, uh, awesome dinners. Yeah. Oh, nice. Went to Emeralds. Nice. But they're not a sponsor, so never mind. <laughs> so every summer, <laughs> every summer of the year, Mark and his wife, his lovely wife, head out to Las Vegas. And Sun River. And so he had a good time out there. And Michelle, what have you been doing? Building. <laughs> of course. <laughs> how, are you, how are your bills going? Um, amazing. All my walls are up on the hideout. Um, and uh, I'm almost done with the interior cladding on the perch. Nice. So I'm ready for flooring and paint on the perch. Nice. So I've been working a lot. I've um, been working with friends. I even recruited my children. I don't ask them or tell them to do a lot. They're adult children, so they get to, quote, unquote, do what they want to. But I'm like, hey, by the way, guys, you're going to be here at my house at 7 o'clock next Sunday morning for four hours. So i um, been recruiting them and friends. And, yeah, the cladding, I decided to use a rather um, unusual product on my walls. And uh, <clears throat> instead of using T and G, I'm using a, uh, basically an engineered plywood product. Maybe we'll talk about it later. But the point is... Mark is starting to laugh because I was so hoping she'd say like beaver fur or something like that. <laughs> you know, some kind of animal. Wholesome. Wholesome. <laughs> Cat scratch fever. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's we, true though. When I talk about unconventional materials with me, it really could be anything. That's true. Okay. I mean, it could be coffee bags that are like decoupage onto that. the walls, you know. Uh, so no, no, no. Um, is that Rastafarian look? Yeah, exactly. But my chop saw is on the back of the house. So your on the, chop saw is mounted on the back of the house. The chops, the the work area, my workshop is on the back side ah. of the house. So picture this: you're on a ladder, you measure for the length that you got to cut. You climb down the ladder, you walk to the front of the house, you walk out the door, you walk to the back of the house, Doesn't and then that you suck? chop a piece. <laughs> yeah, and then it's and then it's the too wrong long. size. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> The amount of time that's spent between going from where the wood's going to go to the saw and then back, it just greatly extends the process, doesn't it? Nuts. It's so much better when there's more. That's why having more than one person doing the build is so much more efficient. Right. So that's why I've been having friends and family. And, um, and I'm like, that way, the back door, the back window's open. And I just oh, shout the size. Yeah. And then they just cut it. So yeah, definitely having more than one person on a build is, or more than one person 
involved is is way more efficient. But you need a team of people. I was just going to say, <laughs> Mark's trying to usurp the the uh, the segues these days. Yeah, speaking of team of people, good one, Michelle. We have the um, can I say the owners? Y'all are the owner. All y'all. Yep. All y'all. The owners of tiny heirloom, uh, tiny houses. Uh, we have. I'm going to see if I can get the names right off the top of my head without looking at my cheat screen. We have Zach, Tyler, and Jason. Yeah. No. no. Tyson. No. Tyson. No. It's not Jason. Tyson. 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 Got it. Okay. Tyson. Sorry about that. One of these, it was a. It was a three and one. One in three chance that I was going to get him. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show, you guys. Thank, thank you. Thank you for having us. Getting up on those mics thank so you, we can get you. you nice and loud there. All right. So um, you guys are like, may I say, may I say, Michelle, that they're kind of like the darlings of the tiny house movement? Or yeah, is oh, that absolutely. Fair to say? That's yeah, right. A, that's I would. That's a little soft. It is a little soft. <laughs> that's a little soft. Yeah, we could have gone further than that. The superstars. Sure. Yes. The do are, is their star due on the the hall, the Walk of Fame in Hollywood? Is, are they that? Are they that? <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're only on season three, yeah, so we gotta wait till started. like season five or six, probably. Nice. There you go. Nice. There you go. So, so um, you guys, let's let's start. So, you guys are a, a family run company, right? You all are family. All yep. y'all are family. Two of you are brothers. One of you are married into the family. Yep. That's, That's right. uh, Tyce, Tyson is married. Tyler. Ty- <laughs> Tyler is married into the I'm Darn it, I mean. Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. You are going to confuse the heck out of me today. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, it, it's such a close name, too. That was a really good one. So you are married into the family, yeah? Correct, yes. Correct. I married their uh, very beautiful sister. Oh, nice. How's that going? Amazing. <laughs> okay, good. Six years in. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so yeah. the marriage has gone longer than the tiny house company. Oh, by far. Yep, yeah. yep. So how on earth did you get involved in tiny houses? Well, uh, originally it was uh, Jason and I for the first few months. We just decided to, to build a tiny house in our, our uh, spare time. and Pulled and, it into our garage. Yeah, it didn't even fit. We couldn't even uh, close his garage door because the tongue was sticking out. So... We took what we knew about residential construction and started to build our first uh, tiny house. And then once Zach saw that it was going to be profitable, he jumped on and <laughs> wanted to start helping us out. Why did you decide to build a tiny house in the first place? Were you bored? <laughs> we, oh. were, we were in between projects and we yeah. just got finished with a big project. I was going back to work at my insurance job and needed to get out of the office again and it was really sparked by curiosity. You know, we'd, we'd seen them online. We'd seen, you know, them in magazines. My mother-in-law was very interested in them as well. So we were being bombarded by, you know, all different sides. And uh, we wanted to take the experience we had in residential and, and put it on that platform. So yeah, it was really sparked by curiosity and a little bit of ambition. And yeah. That's a little bit of a new twist, though. A mother-in-law pushes you into the tiny house movement. There you go. Yeah, yeah. What, was, what was she <laughs> interested in about them? She uh, she, she want to live in one or she loves the community uh, aspect to them. So she's really gun ho on you know creating the tiny home communities and and creating that overall um, you know unity I guess between people and having a common space and uh, that kind of thing. So hmm. yeah, it, is your mom from like the seventies uh, era, like the commune days? Hippie I think type? so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, yeah. No one knows. <laughs> no, she's yeah, yeah. So, so uh, tell me about your construction past. So, what were you guys doing in construction that makes you so 
well, we're going to get to the quality of your builds in a minute, but makes you makes you so knowledgeable, given the fact you know, people, I, unless people have seen you on the website, I mean, you look even younger in person than you do in your website, especially Thank since you, you cut your hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, uh, you, you all look so doggone young. How is it that you have so much construction experience? What were you guys doing before? I mean, it's really been our whole lives that we've actually been doing construction. Uh, Jason and I, our father was a contractor, you know, and he's built homes his entire life pretty much. And so, Ever since the beginning, you know, he's been bringing us along to his different job sites and, uh, you know, always walking us through. And he's very, uh, he loves to teach us and everything. And so every single job, every project we did, whether it's around our house or eventually we started building with him at a, like a young age. And then we started doing it full time with him as our job. And he really, you know, trained us as an expert. He walked us through each step. So it wasn't just like, go do this, but it was like, go do this because it's, you know, necessary for this. So. It was really um, important and really like beneficial that he took the time and everything to train us in doing it. So, wow, yeah, that, you, you're going to add something. Oh no, I think that's spot on. You know, we grew up on job sites, and I think by the time before I was 20 and before Zach was 19, we'd built over seven houses from the ground up, foundation to roofing. So, like Zach said, he taught us kind of every every aspect of the build. So, wow, and so you you decide so. So I, I understand that your mom was interested in tiny houses, so you built this first one. After you built the first one, did you did you sell it and, and generate a profit or and, and how did you how did you come in to this whole situation there? Tyler? Tyson? 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 Trevor. Trevor. Thank you, chicken. Trevor. Call him Big T. Big T. That's better. <laughs> <Big> T. <laughs> you got me chicken. That's chicken. how I remember it. Kid you not. Oh, Tyson. Yeah. Kid you not. Yeah. I have to stop and think every time because I, for some reason, I yeah, got I know. Tyler it's stuck it's in my like head an too. automatopoeia almost. Uh, yeah. anyway. Everybody does it. Okay, good. Don't worry about it. I, okay. feel, I feel in company. Good company. <laughs> we just won't come back. So yeah, I married uh, Michelle back in 2011, and then uh, I believe just a year after, uh, we bought a piece of property out in Oregon City, and uh, their dad encouraged us to try and build a, a house on it, and so uh, we kind of teamed up, all four of us, us three guys, and then their dad to uh you know, teach me how to build. And so we built our first house out there, built a house for Zach next door. And then I guess I put in a few days uh, with Jason's house kind of down the road. So we actually all lived on the same block. So we learned how to build together. Uh, obviously, they're, you know, light years ahead of me. But uh, then after that, you know, we started the tiny house company together and sort of all lived in the same community. So it was kind of a really cohesive relationship that we started. And here we are. And Back in uh, back in Westland, all together now, and just a uh, I guess less than a mile apart from each other. Wow, you know? yeah, that's cool. So to reiterate his question, what happened to the first one, and who has a garage with a fourteen foot doors on it? Like that's a, is that an RV garage or something? This isn't your typical like car garage that you can build a tiny house in, right? Well, the garage didn't last long. Yeah. So yeah. we we worked out of there. Why? Because you like busted out of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just. I mean, by the time you started framing, we would have been out of that garage anyway. Yeah. So right. Yeah. We had to find somewhere else. So there was a family friend out in uh, Oregon City that we went and built on his property. He just had an old gravel patch by a you know big propane tank and an old shed, and so we started building out there. And uh, I guess we. We're out there for about a year. Yeah, about a year. Like but, but, but yeah, the first unit, you know, it took us it took us a substantial amount of time to build. Um, why? You know, uh, it's three of y'all. And y'all well, are experts. 
Call of Duty played a big part. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, we were younger then. Yeah, the, this was before the time that we grew up and considered this a real job. Okay. And not yeah. Yeah. You know, back before Zach started, who actually Zach really wrangled us. He cracks like, the whip. Yeah, you know, running the operation. Yeah, I originally didn't want to jump on board because they said that it was just like a side project. And I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to like jump into that unless it's actually going to turn into something where we're actually going to be producing like really cool tiny homes. And so mm -hmm. I was, you know, I, I wasn't married yet and I pretty much just wanted to, you know, we were young and I didn't want to just spend my free time, you know, doing that sort of thing. I was still living at home with my parents. And so I didn't have to have any money to as much money to support myself. And so. I really just wanted to kind of, if we're going to do a tiny home company, actually turn it into something. So which of you is the brains, which of you is the brawn, and which of you is the party? <laughs> Good question. All three. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so what happened, so you guys are, so we've, we've talked with a lot of tiny house builders and to my knowledge, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hedge this a bit and say hardly any of them have the notoriety that you guys do and the, the quality of, I'm being careful here because I don't want to piss other, I don't want to upset other people. No, but, hardly but, ever is, hardly ever is, is again, that is would that be an good? accurate statement. Okay. Yeah, that'd be an accurate statement. So, um, but you know what? I don't think we've even introduced their company name yet, by the way. Yeah, we did. Even, yeah, we did. Did we? Yeah, Tiny Heirloom. Yeah. Did we? Yeah. Okay. So, so I want to ask. I what, haven't had coffee this that's morning. That's okay. Just <laughs> that's record, right. I've had no coffee. So, that's okay. what happened that caused you guys to blow up like you have done? Where, where was the tipping point for you guys? Sure. Yeah, I think the the point where it all where it all kind of um, you know started is about halfway through our build. Um, you know, like I said, we were basing it upon other projects we had seen, other tiny homes. About halfway through, we kind of had a brainstorm session uh, where it was in the middle of a snowstorm. Uh, I think that was about when it was, and and we kind of started to, to you know create the vision for the company, but as well as we changed direction on the tiny home. Um, this is right when we were about to start the interior finishes, so we decided to put a really luxury twist on it, and that was the first one that we had ever seen. It was the first one to our knowledge that had really been executed well. So we went to town. Our wives just went all board, all out on making this thing look beautiful, um, and we got some professional photos done. Uh, put that out, and uh, to our surprise as well, it just it spread like wildfire. I mean, there was multiple millions of uh, shares on on different platforms. Uh, all sorts of magazines picked it up. Our, you know, within I think what the first three months we had, I think it was how many how many different production companies uh, reaching out to us to start a TV 12. show. Twelve, really? Yeah. So it just it just it just went crazy. Um, and uh, so the actual production company we ended up going with, um, they found our our stuff in a magazine in New York. Um, so it was just kind of widespread throughout the whole country and even even the, the globe, really. But it was that really that first one, yeah. Yeah, and honestly, when we posted pictures of that first one, we had a good majority of everybody was like, they loved the luxury, the quality of it and everything. But we actually had quite a few people who were kind of bashing us for taking the luxury spin on it. And they're like, what are you doing? Like, Making it nice, ruining. basically. Yeah, like ruining <laughs> tiny homes. Like they're supposed to be, 
Yeah. No, no, no. So, so let's let's just stop for a second. Okay. So when Michelle raises her hand or I raise up my hand, that's cues for us. So you guys can okay. just ignore okay. that. Okay. We're yeah. just trying to get the pattern of questioning. Okay. 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 We okay. want to make sure that yeah, yeah. we understand who yeah, yeah, yeah. on our side is going to yeah. ask the next question. Okay. So okay. keep okay. going. Yeah. So we we pretty much once we had uh, you know it was actually a really funny joke between all of us. But you know there's some people who are saying like actually really mean stuff to us, and we're like, what did we do to do this? Like somebody coming from a you know. 5,000 square foot home downsizing to something that's, you know, 200 square feet and really nice quality. That's still downsizing. So like, you don't need to get mad at us because not everybody's coming from like an 800 square foot home into something even smaller. And, yeah. you know, so it was just kind of an interesting thing that only lasted for about a couple months. But Yeah. And we, uh, you know, we were the first people that we know of to introduce paint inside of a tiny house. What? Yeah, which is a real <laughs> novel idea. <laughs> and so, you know, and that's, and when, like Jason was saying, like when we were building this thing, you know, we were kind of uh, in between the conventional idea between, you know, pine ceilings, pine floors, pine outside, pine cabinets and countertops and all that stuff, which just looks like, you know, khaki on the inside everywhere. <laughs> or, you know, painting a wall white putting a granite countertop in like we did in the residential homes and just really simple features that uh, that apparently really stood out in the crowd. And so, you know, that's why it spread like wildfire. That's why, you know, all the magazines and blogs and stuff picked it up because it was just so different than everything else. It wasn't that it was so much more luxurious, which, you know, our units did get to that point, but it was just so like wildly different from the, the minimalist aspect. Mm -hmm. So that's where we adopted... Um, the idea of downsizing but not downgrading. Mm -hmm. That you know, like Zach said, you can go from something that uh, you know costs a hundred or sorry, hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars, and go into you know a smaller tiny house, but not have to sort of forsake the uh, the luxuries or the amenities that you're used to. So, so when you so that's one of the the I think one of the early concerns that might have been being raised by the tiny house movement was the price point. Because sure, it, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. you're like, you're talking about going from a, I think most people maybe in the tiny house movement are going from like a $300,000 or $350,000 house into something that's $30,000 or less. Sure. And yours are averaging how much? Starts at 89, our average is yeah. about 115. Yeah. And so people are like, holy smokes, you're the people who, interestingly enough, the people who don't aren't part of the tiny house movement are saying, holy smokes, for that amount of money, you could put a decent sized down payment right. on a sure, regular right. house. Yep. What the heck are you doing, tiny yeah. house movement people? You're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. how do you respond to that kind of criticism? We, we, and thankfully we had some other people on board with this idea, but it was, it kind of came down to uh, just the whole idea being a relative to where you're coming from. Um, you know, so like, like we kept saying, you know, like someone coming from this lifestyle downsizing to this, that's, that's a major change, a major lifestyle change that's in line with the, with the tiny home movement. Um, and same thing, if someone's coming from, you know, maybe a rental or a smaller, less expensive house and going to even something smaller, then that's also the same, same thing, but just a relative, uh, on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We actually recorded a show pretty early in the podcast um, where I one of my articles had actually not viral to your extent at all, but had had reached a fair level of haters 
Uh, sure. and comments That's and so <laughs> as a matter of fact i cussed so much in that particular episode we decided never to air it again because it was like my own personal like shout out to the to the haters but since then okay. however i've grown up a little um maybe and <laughs> probably not and um basically i mean i, I we all get to the point where we just sort of have to learn that there's really almost no value in engaging internet haters. Mm -hmm. like right. There are people yeah. out there that their sole mission in life is to just spread whatever hate they have in their in their in their self or in their life to other people. So absolutely. So I had to learn. I I learned that a while ago. But but I do. However, I do have to admit because it's on record. <laughs> Because <laughs> we talked about your builds before, mm -hmm. and I do have mm -hmm. to fully admit that for if you boil it down, however, that there's the kumbaya part of the right. the tiny house movement, right. Right? sure, yeah, and there's the DIYers, and mm -hmm. there's also what I consider to be there's people that pray to build and people that build to pray, right? There's the there's this whole almost spiritual movement behind it. So I think it wasn't just the price point. Um, nobody, I mean, nobody is going to say that your houses are anything less than amazing. I mean, so visually, they're absolutely amazing. It really did what had less to do with the price point than it really had to do with almost the humility. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, being sure. an out of touch business with the rest of what's going on in the tiny house world. Right. So, industry. did you guys talk about that at all? I mean, was that part of your growth? Was that, did you finally just decide haters going to hate? We're just going to do our thing? Or did you talk about it at all? Yeah, I mean, we we started off joining um, the uh, a lot of the pad conversations. We went to one here in Portland where uh, who's who's that person that used to do pads? D. Joan. D. Williams. D Williams. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, you know, so we went to one of those and we tried to get involved in you know some of the tiny house uh, you know ancillary things and the get-togethers and whatnot, but. But did, ultimately, did, did they know who you were when you came? No, to those no, oh, okay. no. I, and actually, I remember at one point we specifically did not introduce ourselves because <laughs> yeah. of the, the negative notoriety <laughs> out there. But, um, but you know, we actually just ended up getting really busy. And then you know, once the TV show started, and once we started filming, and we were building out in Malala, which is in the middle of nowhere here in Oregon, and so you know, we we didn't have time to make it yeah. to any like social get-togethers or to be online and even looking at reviews or anything like that so it just sort of naturally created this divide between the you know the actual vibe of tiny house living mm -hmm. and what our business does which is you know create a product for people who want to live in tiny houses i think that kind of boils down to exactly what we did like you were saying uh, that we we didn't try to respond to it we just continued doing what we loved and mm -hmm. continued doing what we were inspired to do mm -hmm. um and we didn't try to change to how they wanted us to and that would have been that would have been you know transforming our business into some direction that wouldn't have been in line with you know our hearts on it too so i think that's also why it did continue to spark is because we kept producing these things even though we had some negative feedback and people enjoy them people yeah. you know see the quality and see the you know the beauty behind it and uh, yeah, it works. So, so let's talk about those people because I, I think this is really fascinating. Your your serve so so there. I'm sure there's a segment of not only of the tiny house movement but of the general population who look at people who can afford. Let me just go sky high and say mm -hmm. like a two hundred thousand dollar tiny house, and they say to those people, "Oh, those rich so and sos they <laughs> they're never going to really use that for what what it's supposed to be used for," or they'll say. They'll, they'll just, they just have disparaging remarks for people who are wealthy, mm -hmm. and and what but what you guys are doing it seems, and maybe not all your people are wealthy, but your customers, but 
you're serving people who have money, who, who happen to have the same ethical values or lifestyle des- decisions are going through the same lifestyle decision changes despite their wealth. Is, is that right? Or are, are they, are your builds becoming like uh, uh, human scale dollhouses for rich people's children and things like that? <laughs> no, no, not so much like that. It's a, uh, you know, there are a lot of people with money that come to us obviously because that's the place you would go if you had 200,000 sitting around, but we do have a lot of people uh, who get loans through a uh, you know custom or sorry uh, customary uh, RV loans or just uh, you know through Lightstream or something where it's more of a personal loan, mm-hmm. and so those aren't people with necessarily money sitting around, but it's people that have access to money. And then um, you know other than that, yes, it is to fulfill most people's dreams of downsizing, but having something that they would feel really comfortable in. Because I think, you know, a lot of people, if they do have the money sitting around, but they just think, hey, we have way too many square feet and want to downsize, you know, a lot of people aren't going to want to jump into something for $30,000 because it's yeah. just, it's too extreme. The water is yeah. just too cold. So, you know, getting something that's a little bit more acclimated to how they've been living, we think is sort of the sweet spot for those sorts of people. But we also have just released a unit called the Vantage, and that unit starts at 40000 So we're actually hoping to to dip into that already there market. So having something that's a bit more, uh, you know, scaled down than we usually do. It's still luxury according to our standards, but it's more affordable. So the $40,000 price point, you know, is, is huge. We think for, you know, reaching that audience. Yeah. Why, why are you doing that? If you, if you have, if you have so much notoriety in the, so, so there's, there's a business philosophy that says, you know, you, you either compete on price or you can, you don't compete because you're so value laden. And so it seems like you're in that upper echelon. Why would you go to the, the middle of the road? Sure. Uh, we've, we've basically had to turn away <laughs> a lot of clients because there's a lot of people that don't have the resources, but they want the, the quality, the, the beauty and the design aesthetics that we can provide. So, um, I mean, we've probably 90% of the people that reach out to us on a daily or monthly basis have to be turned away because 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 we can't they can't afford it so we basically have been trying to come up with a way to build one that's just as beautiful just as functional just as uh you know aesthetically pleasing but on an affordable level yeah we don't want it to be like exclusive like we're not trying to have this like you know this ritzy people who only people who have a lot of money go to tiny heirloom we do want it to be like you know a spread thing that like if anybody wants to have a tiny home regardless of the size regardless of the cost we want them to have one that's you know it speaks to them and it has their quality and everything. So. And, and to kind of tie into that, the, the original question, you know, with, with providing tiny homes to people that have a lot of money or might be coming from a different lifestyle than, than, than the majority of the tiny home movement, it's, we've, we've talked about it before, but it really comes down to uh, the lifestyle and, and being able to have the freedom and, and live within your means. And I think that that can happen on any level. That's um, true. So providing a home for someone that comes from, you know, great wealth, but they want to be able to live within their means and, and be off grid and support, you know, a healthy living um, and, and, you know reduce their footprint that's a great way for them to do it and so you know we take pride in being able to produce you know bring a, a wonderful product that they can do that in where where did you um <coughs> you you two brothers where did you guys so here comes the questions where we get into your personal life yeah <laughs> so what is it about your you you both seem really motivated to to do this like it's your passion 
when did you always when you were young younger you're young still but when you were younger <laughs> did you did you always want to be a construction person like your dad or or were you wanting to be like an astronaut or a, a lawyer an engineer or something up artist or something like sure. that yeah i mean i i think just kind of like you know any kid there's always those thoughts of like a you know a astronaut or fireman or whatever yeah. it is but uh they're you know we definitely wanted at least i definitely want to be a construction a, you know contractor or whatnot from a young early age because you know even when you do the dress up and go to school for what you want to be like one of the times i went as a construction worker <laughs> and so um it's definitely something that i'm passionate about i love building i love creating and being able to do something that's really nice and luxury is, has always like, you know, speaks to me. And like, and when I was younger, I wanted to always do like custom homes. And um, now we get to do it on like a different, uh, I guess, level than what I was originally thinking. But it's still like some. It speaks to exactly what I wanted to do. So. Huh. Cool. Yeah, and, and pretty much the same thing for me. I think seeing my dad, you know, growing up, seeing him doing what he does, you know, there's a lot of things that we really enjoyed, but we wanted to take it kind of to the next level in a little bit different direction. And so um, I think that that's what, uh, you know, definitely kind of got us going and sparked that vision and that, um, you know, love for love for the trade and love for, uh, you know, like Zach said, creating. And it really is a, you know, a special thing to be able to provide a, a house for someone you know somewhere where someone's going to live and yeah. that's like that's a huge part of someone's life to, so to be able to do that in a quality way that can last from generation to generation is you know really special yeah very cool speaking of kumbaya moments um this all sounds very fairy tale <laughs> and uh you're still a family and you're still three guys struggling to sort of make your own career and make your own path in the world um where does the conflict <clears throat> come in um not necessarily personally between the three of you Although, you know, we could use if you could knock down drag out stories too. So. <laughs> but, but where does but where does the um where does the conflict come in? Is it design? Is it money? Um is it you guys have relocated at least once, if not twice. So um where does the conflict famous Michelle question, here we go. <laughs> where does the conflict come in and uh your three equal partners, so how do you resolve it? Yeah, I mean I think uh, early on, before the TV show started, we had a whole different set of problems than we did after the TV show started. What were they before the TV show? And then what were they after? I guess me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, How was that showing up? Yeah, I mean, you know, looking back on it, I certainly had a lot to learn about, uh, you know, running a business and what's, you know, frugal or realistic or whatever. You know, I, I think I was definitely the one... It was less practical than these two. And, uh, you know, I wanted to do slide outs on our third unit that we clearly weren't ready for. I had to ditch that project halfway through or, I mean, 10% through. And, you know, I wanted to do all these, like, really crazy things that, it you know, we're learning now. It takes an entire team of people with uh, specialty skills and fab shops and, mm. you know, really, uh, uh, you know, dedicated uh, members of our crew to actually, like, be able to pull off some of this stuff but mm -hmm. i was wanting to do it with the three of us mm -hmm. so you know aside from costing us money and you know valuable time it just caused a lot of conflict as far as where our interests were where we thought the business was heading you know hey we had this idea of doing a luxury tiny house but you know what does that really mean how luxury are we doing what does luxury mean and then uh you know the the saving grace i think for our relationship was probably the show so it, you know the the first round of filming um was brutal you know the the what show itself. About it. The show itself was great. You know we loved doing the show, 
the uh, the crew that we had, you know, was amazing. We had a really great crew for the show, but it was challenging because it wasn't something that we had ever done before. So, Are, were you talking about the build crew or the record? Uh, sorry, the, the production crew. Production crew. Okay. Yeah, and so, um, you know, having us three guys have to figure out the conflict of interest between what's best for the show and what's best for the business, and you know, two very opposing teams but we're having to you know make sacrifices on both ends to achieve what we want in both parties uh, it was really hard but at the same time kind of unifying so you know we had yeah. a sort of common enemy that we were against and so we had to you know figure out how to navigate through all that stuff and then also starting up a business and having employees for the first time having to run things efficiently because now we have timelines and deadlines and have a certain you know limited amount of money that we have to work with and now we have overhead and we have a you know place that's needing to be rented out and needing to figure out stuff for the future. So it was all sort of in our laps at the same time. So us guys having to come together and figure that sort of thing out was, you know, probably one of the best things for us and mm. best to get our heads out of the clouds and back into a spot where, uh, you know, we actually had to have the rubber meet the road and see what happened. No more Call of Duty. No more Call of Duty, <laughs> man. Those days are over. <laughs> well, it's really cool that you can acknowledge where you owned some of the, the issues in the beginning. Well, you also have a really unique, you have a unique um, TV, you know, behind the scenes TV story as well. Um, most of the builders, well, let me rephrase, all of the other builders that have been featured on the various TV shows, all the other builders, they might do an episode. Um, you're it. You're the whole season. You're the whole show, show after show after show. So um, so that's really a unique pressure. We've heard from other builders and, yeah. other, and other tiny house owners how stressful and how just so much more pressure gets put on. So, so kudos for not breaking up in season one. Yeah, like um, a bad band. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, w even here at the podcast, um, as long as we're being vulnerable, we all have our creative differences. It's, again, we get to the point where we're like, okay, I'm just not feeling it anymore. Let's all walk ourselves in a room and go figure out where we went left and how to get back on track. So with that much pressure, with that much um, money and that much at stake, um, it's impressive that again we keep saying it. But you look so young; like it's impressive that you were able to sort of find your way through that. Yeah, thank you. And to tie into that whole thing, you know, like there, well, we've said it before that being in business together as three brothers has been the hardest thing we've ever done, but mm -hmm. also the most rewarding. You know, like Tyson kind of touched on, has really knit us together uh, through the TV show, through the ups and downs of business through the interrelational, uh, you know, parts of, of daily life and running the company, it's been bringing us together. And, and, you know, there's the other side of what Tyson's saying is that through his different, his creative mind and through some of these different visionary things that he can bring to the table, there's been huge breakthroughs for the company too. And so there's times where he comes up with a project and Zach and I are like, absolutely no, like this is impossible. This is not a good idea. And he is just all about it. Like, like what, for example, for example, putting a massive rock wall on the whole side of a tiny house. <laughs> so, did you do that though? Yeah, we did. You we, ended up doing it we eventually. We did it, exactly. And Zach and I were all against it and he was all for it. We just decided to let him go for it and it turned out amazing. It's uh. brought so much great exposure, like just a really new creative, you know, thing. And, and uh, that's probably one of our most, uh, you know, I guess, complimented tiny houses. Um, and probably I think one of all, all of our favorites is just a very, very cool design and 
cool feature. So, so there's that balance of like, you know, Zach and I naturally growing up as brothers, we have a little bit more similar mindset. Mm -hmm. Tyson has a completely different mindset, but that's what makes it work is that we, we, we clash, we're iron sharpening iron. And without that, it would be a lot more just a, just a little bit more, uh, boring. So Michelle was talking about the other builders who have been on TV shows and the, the stories they've told a lot of those stories are about how difficult it is to put together a quality build in the timeline that the production team needs in order to have the show be completed on time. Mm -hmm. I was looking on your website and, and you guys were talking about on the website how a build normally takes, I think it was something like 90 to 120 days, but if it's for the show, it's 30 days. So how on earth are you producing? How, how, how hard is it to keep the, the eye on quality and build something that normally takes 90 to 100 days in 30 days. How do you guys do that? Tyson threw the mic over. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it definitely takes all of our effort and focus to really ensure that we are, you know, making sure that it happens properly. And we do have tight deadlines, but we also have like a great, amazing crew. and Film crew people, or build crew? Build crew. And is, is the we film... Do, is the film crew like saying, is there a conflict between your desire to make something quality and their desire to get the show done in this particular way or generate drama or anything like that? Not generally. They, they are really big into making sure the show has good quality tiny homes on it as well. So they aren't ever encouraging us to cut corners okay. and do that sort of stuff. So we, yes, yeah, sometimes we do have pressure and we have to, after the show, we have to go back and redo one little portion or whatever it is, but... Most of the time, we uh, we build it within the 30 days, but then we do our quality control and our checks and everything after. Um, so that's more or less kind of how it ends up working and why we have those numbers or the days on the website like that. So when, when, a, when a customer contacts you to do a build and that build is going to be part of the show, the customer is paying for the build. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. Okay. So at the end of the day, it's the customer's money that's being put into the build, the the TV show is not putting any money into this. Is that correct? Right. No, yeah, no money into the bills. So it's all, it's, it's like we'd build it just outside of a TV show and they're coming in to, to document, just document the process and the amazing experience of the clients getting to see it for the first okay. time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and the TV show always takes different specific design ideas or different uh, must-haves that the client has and then makes those a big deal instead of kind of like creating their own must-haves and whatnot. Like they always base it off of what the client wants, which keeps the, the entire show and everything that we're doing really organic. Interesting. So. I'm really, really focused. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that Definitely. way, you know, really early, these are the three or four top priorities. These are the three or four aesthetic results. This is where we really, really, really have to put our energy. Not that you don't put your energy into everything else. But again, when you know that that's what the show is going to be focusing on, I, I can appreciate that that would certainly uh, help you focus as well and and help it keep your priorities in place also probably money too i would imagine right like if that's where the tv show and that's where the client wants to focus then that that would probably help you prioritize financially as well definitely yeah is there anything that a client has asked you to do on show or off show that you were just like we can't do that um i think the only thing somebody asked for a uh a rooftop hot tub <laughs> and uh, I, it was actually something that we were going to pursue, but we just didn't have the time to uh, be able to do it since the framing had to be done in like three weeks, and we would have had to get a specialty hot tub in for it. But 
Uh, other than that, I mean, we just tell people the sky's the limit, throw us any and all ideas, and we'll tell you if we can do it or not. Well, and typically, I mean, we're the ones uh, trying to amp up certain projects to our clients and tell them how cool this would be if your stairs did this or if your you know, door did this instead of what it usually does or whatever. We did have a client wanting to do a uh, elevator going to the rooftop deck. An <laughs> elevator in a tiny house. <laughs> and we, when we were looking into it and everything, we uh, had to. They, you have to have like a special license in order to do elevators. And we try to get people who had that license come do it, and it just didn't end up working out. Did yeah. they laugh at you when you said? They did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, turns out nobody wanted. More to like a dumb waiter, actually. Yeah, it looked yeah. like a dumb waiter when it was all that. Exactly. I have to admit, though, I'm putting a deck, a rooftop deck, on the hideout, and I've actually been looking at the uh, inflatable hot tubs to actually put on the okay, top. We did too. And oh, you did. Oh, did yeah. you? Yeah. We'll have to talk then about the engineering because um, I've got two by eight, sixteen on centers. Um, okay. I hope that would be appropriate, but maybe not. Maybe it's big. Yeah, that's a lot. I'm doing two and sixteen on centers. Yeah, yeah, three quarter plywood on top. Exactly, three quarter T and G, and then I'll use the tech deck. And now we're getting techy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Speaking of which, however, you do. Uh, speaking of rooftop decks, you have a really, really cool design, uh, which I'm really in love with. Um, <clears throat> Um, I might want to ask to buy the the, the uh, specifications. So it's that ladder that hooks on the side for the rooftop deck, and then it like clicks out and becomes almost stairs. Uh, sure. Like yeah. it has yeah. instead yeah. of having that straight up the side yeah. ladder. That was really cool. I talked to your welder guy, and he was pretty. He was really proud of that. He was yeah, showing he came the up pictures. With that idea. He was showing yeah. the pictures on his phone. He was super excited. Mm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. a big hit. Actually, it's a. Uh, Sometimes it's a little bit scary if you just have a ladder going straight up and down yeah. to the right. rooftop deck of a yeah. tiny house, which is on wheels and kind of shakes around a little bit. But <laughs> if uh, if you pop it out and kind of give it a little angle so that it feels like stairs, people apparently feel much better about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I'm, if even if you don't give me the specs, I'm still going to copy the damn thing. <laughs> <There you laughs> so. And then we'll see you <laughs> very soon. <laughs> are, are all of your homes built to Reva standards, or are they? Yeah. They are? Every Correct, yeah. So they all meet the height requirement? Mm -hmm. Wow, that's so interesting. Even yeah. with the railing on top of the some of those things? It's all detachable or foldable, oh, okay. so you can travel with it. Right on, yeah. right on. Well, you guys, it's been fabulous having you on the show. Um, there's so many more questions we could ask. Uh, are you guys willing to come back on? Absolutely, Absolutely. yeah. Okay, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> good. Now that we met in person, that's fantastic. There you go, yeah. All right, well, that was um, Tyson, Jason, yep. and Taylor? Oh, no. No. <laughs> so close. Exactly. Yep, there exactly. you go. Yeah. Right. There you From go. the Tiny Heirloom, a uh, very, very, very famous tiny uh, house comp build company, and very happy, very proud to have them in the studio today in person, which we rarely do. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you for yeah, having, having us. Having yeah. So, who do we have next on the show for our production? Cole's, Cole's Wayland oh, with Cole's Tiny Wayland House Festival. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah, one of the new event producers. That's right. And I think they have a they have their next festival this weekend, don't they? Or yes. actually it, it won't be this weekend when the show comes out. Right, exactly. Yeah. It was a month ago. It was a month ago. <laughs> actually, their first no no, actually their first show was a month ago from today that when we're recording this, because I went down to Colorado for the first for the first show. Right. So technically it's their second festival. Is here. It's like time travel. <laughs> exactly. It's <laughs> like time travel. <laughs> and then a quick shout out to um, our uh, engineer, 
Rick McNerney. Rick, oh, McNerney. I, th- I thought it was Tyson. No? <laughs> <laughs> Rick, thank Rick. you so much for what you do. You make us sound way better than we actually are. Uh, and thank you so much to the listeners of the show. We really appreciate you uh, uh, tuning in. Tuning in is not the right word because we're not radio, but you get what I'm talking about. And we hope that you'll come in next time in the next show. And with that, I will say goodbye. Bye. <laughs> See you on the flip side. <laughs> Bye. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Main. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sitecast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs>